Riffscapers have been in the Maldives for 20 years now. Uh, so what we do is that we restore the reef uh, around different islands in the Maldives. So the aim is uh, to restore the reef by planting more corals in the ocean. So the director of Rescapers created a, a coral frame technique. So it's a metal bar with like layer of sand on top of it, where we attach corals on the frame. Then we put it back underwater. And the idea is for the corals, uh, the coral fragment to grow on the frame. And then they create a new coral colony. And then with time, you're going to have more wow. species of fish hiding in the branches. And it increases the diversity of the reef. Hey guys, Double D coming at you from Ojai, California. I hope everyone's having a fantastic summer. It's hot here in Ojai. It's going to be close to 100 degrees today, but I've been escaping to Ventura and getting in the cold waters, actually. Water dropped below 60. Hmm, global warming, maybe? Who knows? So today, speaking of global warming, we have a great guest in marine biologist Amalie about restoring coral reefs in the Maldives or Maldives however you want to pronounce it this was uh, one of the things I love about this podcast is that I get to talk to people all over the world and she was in the Maldives because that's where she lives so that was a lot of fun to um, yeah just to connect with somebody that's sitting in in the middle of the ocean on some island it's always a, a fantastic feeling makes me want to get out there and and explore the world much more we all have that feeling though don't we so yes yeah, sit back relax and enjoy this podcast with marine biologist amalie saltwater hi hello today i can't wait i have a beautiful guest coming from way across the ocean Amalie, how are Hi, you? Hi, Derek. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. What part of France are you from? I'm from the southwest of France uh, in Bayonne, so close to Spain and the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that part of France. So I, for, for many years, um, I, was, I was going to Massange. You know where that is? Like um, Vubuco, the Vubuco area. Um, and surfing there every October for like six or seven years. I absolutely love that whole region. And of course, where you're from is um, even closer to, well, to one of my favorite waves is Mundaka. Have you been to Mundaka? Yeah, I've heard of it. Like I haven't been there like surfing, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place. Yeah, it's a cool place. And it's like, probably half an hour from your where you grew up so you have to visit when you go yeah, back exactly <laughs> in september i'll go back yeah oh very cool so you are you going back just to visit or for... yes yeah, so it's my holidays i'm taking holidays in september to go home see the family and take a small break great yeah, that'd be nice. great so what is the maldives like I mean, I've always, I've always wanted to go there and I know I have some friends that have been there, but what's it like? It's amazing. You know, you have a lot of small island. Uh, each island is surrounded by coral reef. Uh, it's just so many biodiversity and the water for me as a marine biologist, it's just a perfect place uh, to study, to discover wow. new species. It's just a, a beautiful place and the people here are amazing as well. So I'm really enjoying the yeah. Maldives, yeah. 
So was it a French colony in back in the day, or um, is it? It was a, it was colonized by the Portuguese, uh, then the British okay. as well. Uh, I'm not really sure at what time exactly, but no, the French were not there, if I'm correct. Uh, but Portuguese oh, and right. the British. Okay, very cool. And where are you exactly? Uh, in which island? So I'm on an island called Furanafushi Island. Uh, was a Sheraton Full Moon Resort and Spa. Uh, is based so it's a resort uh, I'm working with so it's a partnership I have with a resort to restore the island so it's about 15 yeah. minutes speedboat from Mali the capital of the Maldives okay so so it's an island off of the capital and is there surf there or is there kind of tourism what's what's happening yeah, there so we have a it's a resort on the island uh, so there's a lot of activity for the guests there's a lot of uh, water sports activity, restaurants, really nice room with water bungalows. And we have a wave uh, by the spa as well. So if guests want to go surfing, they can go awesome. at the spa and we have a small wave uh, when it's a season, which is really great. It's a really nice one. Awesome. I'm coming yeah. next week. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. I would love to. How And how has it been during COVID? Has it been, you know kind of more tranquil than, than obviously France so, and other places? Or? So I actually got this job in March 2020, so just when COVID uh, started. Wow. But then France locked down, Maldives locked down, so I had to wait until October uh, to come to the Maldives. And I came back beginning of October when the resort opened again. So all the resort in the Maldives uh, closed down during lockdown, uh, and then it opened again in October, and that's when I came. And since then, we've been wow. we've been quite busy. Actually, there's a lot of guests uh, because it's a small island. It's really safe with COVID. Every staff member yeah. has to quarantine when we arrive on the island, and every guest that arrive that arrives, they have to have a negative PCR test. So it's really really safe, and we haven't had any yeah. issue in in months now. Great, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was looking over your um, your background and resume, and I just loved the year that you studied the chimpanzees and I want to know all about like, how, so what was that like? And um, what was the main thing you learned when you were studying them? Yeah. Just tell me about that. I mean, chimpanzees are amazing. Um, so I'm mainly into like marine uh, conservation, but I kind of got lost for one year studying yeah. chimpanzees. Uh <laughs> It was absolutely wonderful. I was living half in the forest. Uh, we had a camp based in the middle of the forest, and we would follow the chimpanzee from sunset to sunrise uh, with a GPS to wow. track where they go. And then chimpanzees like that, they were getting used to us. So with time, they were able to uh, we were able to follow them from a close distance without them being scared of us. And the idea is for the guests that come to come and see the chimpanzee, see how they are in their natural habitat. So we don't disturb them. We just follow them and that's it. And then the guests can come in the morning and watch the, the chimpanzee as well. And, you know, they are absolutely incredible animals. Like they're so similar to humans, actually. When you see the kids yeah. play with a, with a mother, it's absolutely incredible. They just have the same mimic and the same, um, you know, their face look really similar to humans. They're just really cute yeah. and really, really interesting. Um, for me, it was an incredible experience. I've learned a lot about chimpanzee. I've learned a lot about um, 
the forest, about all the animals, the ecosystem. And that was just an amazing experience. And like, wow. I really do not regret. Were, were you ever in a situation where you were watching the group and you're like, oh, that looks like my cousin Jean <laughs> back at home. <laughs> you know, he does the same, you know, I don't know, mannerism or something. Almost, almost. I didn't think about it, but it could have happened. Um, but I remember one day a, a chimpanzee was just playing with his mom. You know, when you do the plane, like when you go on the on the foot of your mom and then you kind of like pretending yeah. to be a plane. So chimpanzee do that as well. So when I saw that for the first time, that was quite incredible to see that the way the mother and the kid wow. play it's the same as same as us wow amazing that it's just that's such a great experience i love that yeah so tell me about um so is it reefs reef capers is that the name of the organization reef capers yeah. scapers mm -hmm. okay reef scapers so yeah tell me about what you know the mission and what you're doing there i think it's it's i mean as a surfer and you know most of the people listening to this podcast many of us have uh, you know we have a relationship with the reef right or with reefs around the world and i and i don't think all of us realize how close that relationship is right to a healthy reef so tell me what you guys are doing there so We've been, reefscapers have been in the Maldives for 20 years now. Uh, so what we do is that mm. we restore the reef uh, around different islands in the Maldives. So the aim is uh, to restore the reef by planting more corals in the ocean. So the director of reefscapers created a, a coral frame technique. So it's a metal bar with like layer of sand on top of it where we attach corals on the frame. Then we put it back underwater and the idea is for the corals, uh, the coral fragment to grow on the frame and then they create a new coral colony. And then with time, you're going to have more wow. species of fish hiding in the branches and it increases the diversity of the reef. Um, so the whole idea is for the corals to grow on the frame and then when they spawn, so when they reproduce, then you'll have uh, more larvae bringing back in the ocean uh, to then settle down on the reef in the Maldives. Um, amazing so does a coral does it um i mean imagine does it grow like a plant i mean when you put it so you put it in this cage and and you put it in the ocean does how does it does it need what kind of nutrients does it need and and how does it grow right so corals are actually an animal uh, it looks yeah. similar to a plant, but it's an animal. So it's, you imagine like a lot of individual polyp. So polyp is a really tiny individual and a coral colony is a lot of polyp living together, uh, as a colony. So it's the same family as jellyfish or sea anemone. And so when they grow, they create like layers of calcium carbonate, like rock, and then they grow, create new, new branches or like uh, a big boulder coral. So they yeah. live with an algae, uh, so it's a symbiotic relationship. And this algae lives inside the tissue of the coral. So the algae through the sunlight, so photosynthesis, uh, they create nutrients for the coral. So that's how they get most of the nutrients from the algae that lives inside wow. the tissue. And in exchange, the corals provide like a home, like a safe place for the algae. So they can't live alone, yeah. they need to live with this algae. So one without the other cannot survive. So what kind of internal biology does a coral have? Does it have like a, 
skeletal system and and it does it breathe i mean how yeah break it down so you imagine like a polyp it has like a, a mouse and then it has small tentacles so it can get like okay food from the current through these tentacles uh, but it's also a way for them to defend themselves uh, to fight against other crows or to like protect themselves so they have the tentacles the mass and then they just digest uh, the food through this mass and the like small digestive system that they have and when they do that then then they create calcium carbonates so it creates a big rock uh, underneath their body that is white and then with more and more polyp then you have a bigger uh, coral so it's a it's right. a really special animal it's not like a, an animal that has like eyes or like you know hair and it's just it's really right. really different yeah it's like an alien yeah, that's why they're amazing. Cause it's like a ocean alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I I never really put that together before. I mean, I I knew that you know, the coral was a living, um, uh, essentially living, but I didn't realize you classify it as an actual animal, right? It's a, which is amazing because it it doesn't look like one right you when you look at it it just looks like a rock yeah it looks like a rock basically. and it looks like a like a plant basically most of the time but yeah like a yeah, plant yeah because it's an animal that's why we have to protect it that much like you know when when you stand on the reef then you're actually standing on an animal that's why like a lot of the work we do is education uh, for people not to stand yeah. on the reef understanding why it's important right. to keep the coral reef alive uh, mm. and what they bring to the ocean do you think they can feel it when you stand on them? Yeah, I, I want to say yes. Um, I don't know if they will feel it the way we would, but technically, like you're standing on something, so yes, I will say they do uh, in a different way, and it will actually damage damage them because they're really fragile. So you can actually just yeah. break them. It's like if you break, like I don't know, a nail of someone. You know, you just remove a part of yeah. the of the animal. Wow. Man, I, that's just amazing. I love it. I love it. So when you put the little cage uh, with the with the new reef in the water, do you try to put it near other reef, or do you put it uh, or near dead like dead reef? Are you trying to restore older reef, or how? So what's the or do you just put it in a new location basically? So the idea is to uh, put them in a location where they were coral reef before or where they like damage and we need to restore them. Um, yeah. So if we have a place that there were corals before and now the corals bleached and die, we try to put the coral frames there, so then we know it's already a good environment for the for the fish in this area. We know the current can be good and the like condition can be healthy. Um, so we put them yeah. in different locations around the island where there were like nice coral reef spots. Um, and depending on the depth, depending on the uh, condition, we know what species to put in one place. So with time, we've learned to identify what species are more resistant uh, to high temperature and to different like depths. And depending on that, we put different species in different locations. Um, yeah. So it's a really interesting. Yeah. Is there a certain depth that they can't live in? I mean, they, I, I, when I know them from surfing spots, they tend to be in shallow water, right? So can coral live at a really deep depth or do they have to be close enough to the photosynthesis to kind of help them? 
the algae live, I guess, or something. Yeah, so they usually they they can't be like too deep, so they need like the the sunlight uh, to live, obviously. So you can find them from a few meters to maybe sixty even more uh, meter. Oh but wow! But that's tropical coral, so you also have some uh, cold water coral that can live like deep underwater, uh, and those corals are like a f- complete different species. I don't know much much about it, but they can live in a yeah. like in like a depths much bigger and uh, they don't need this algae so they don't they use different techniques to get nutrients than the than the photosynthesize than the light but yeah in the Maldives we find Very them cool. until like 60 maybe a bit more wow that's deep yeah so depending on the yeah. depth you have different species the environment is different um, and they've adapted to the environment yeah very cool very cool so um so we talked about that. So what are the what do you think the effects of why why are reefs dying? What would you say the the main reason why reefs are dying? I mean, I would say uh, human impact would be the main uh, yeah. reason. Not chimpanzee. Not chimpanzee, no. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it would be too easy. <laughs> um, yeah. So what what about the heat? Like, what are humans? doing that are destroying the reef so at the moment you have it for example you have uh, the water temperature is getting higher uh, the sunlight is getting stronger so, so the corals they need okay. sunlight so global warming in the yeah, reefs also yeah okay. but you also had what we call a, a massive bleaching event uh, so there were a big one in 2016 so it's a, a strong current that came uh, from Peru and uh, all the way to like Australia, Indonesia, Maldives, and a lot of tropical uh, water. And a lot, the temperature got a few degrees higher for like a few months. Uh, and that's when a lot of corals bleached and died, uh, especially, the, wow. especially on the shallow part of the reef in the Maldives. Uh, so that impacted the coral reef a lot. So when we go around close to where I am, uh, the reef has been really impacted. A lot of the reef at the surface, like one, two, three meters, um, they've bleached and now it's just rocks, uh, basically. Wow. So because of that uh, and this bleaching event, then less corals are present and then the biodiversity uh, decreased, which is also why we do the coral restoration because then it's bringing back uh, coral. Yeah. So the temperature has... They're they're very sensitive to to temperature, so when the temperature decreases or increases, it can affect. Yeah. Their. Yeah. Yeah. So they need a, they need um, a specific temperature. Uh, so if you if you increase the temperature of like two three degree, that's when they get stress. They release this algae that lives inside their body, uh, and if the water condition don't come back to normal, the algae doesn't come back, and then the coral can bleach uh, and die. And it's like human, like it's so. When they, w- yeah, yeah it's, a, it's like a hydration, yeah. right? Or, yeah. So when they die, what exactly happens? Um, I am so. What's left is the calcium part of the reef. Yeah. So what part of the reef? What like what is dying in in the process? You know what I mean. So the 
animal is dying basically so the algae is being wow. expelled of the body so they become white because this algae when they're alive that's what gives a color to the corals that's why they're colorful because the algae that's inside so when they when they're bleaching uh, the algae is being expelled of the body and then that's when they become more and more white and then with time if they don't recover they will die so you just have the rock left um, it's like if uh, if someone uh, dies and you have the, the skeleton left, it's pretty much the same same <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you you can't revive a dead reef. No, you you can't. Like once once the reef is dead, you can only reintroduce um, new healthy specimen like through the cage. Yeah. To um, basically you're you're re you're replanting the reef, if you will, or you're reintroducing the animal to the environment yeah exactly so it's like uh it's like cloning so what we do is like we have big healthy mature colony uh, like a coral nursery and what we do is that we collect a few fragments uh, less than 10 percent from this coral colony uh, and then this fragment that we have we put it back on the coral frame and on this frame the wow. fragment is going to attach and then it's just going to grow new new branches with time and and then they're just going to grow and you know, develop on the frame yeah. and the water again. So you can cut off a little part of the reef or, or you can, um, uh, what's the word, um, kind of sample it and it doesn't kill it if you put it in the little cage. I yeah, guess. so what we do is like we try not to take a fragment from the reef, like the natural reef itself. We take it from our coral nursery. Uh, so it's corals that we already planted oh. uh, a few years ago, like 20 or like recently or, you know, healthy colonies that we've planted back ourselves. And then we take coral fragments from there. So the idea is not to impact Got the it. natural reef, because uh, if you start taking from the natural reef, then you don't know it could damage it. So we really take it from our coral nursery and then we place it back on the frame, on Got the it. reef around. Beautiful. And how long would it take once you introduce it for it to become a, a live, vibrant, you know, being in the water? I mean, how many years, months, days? And so within one month, the coral fragment that is like about like the less than half the size of my hand um, will be attached to the frame. And then within six months, it will start to grow new branches again. And let's say like in four or five years, that's when it will be like quite a decent uh, size. And that's when we can start uh, taking new fragments. So it takes a, a long time, but some species that can grow like 10, 15 centimeters a year. Um, wow. So it's actually quite fast. Like the species that we use are like fast growing species. Um, so every time you go, like if you go like every week, every month, then you can actually see the corals growing uh, from your own eyes. And that's quite quite amazing to see to be honest that's awesome yeah i love that wow amazing yeah so are you surfing there or are you a full-time biologist um so the season is starting again now in the maldives so i'm hoping i'm gonna have more time to go surfing uh but okay. i can only go on my day off because during the day you know i'm working underwater you're working yeah. yeah but on my day off i like to go surfing uh there's a nice wave by the spa that we have i've been there like three four times for now um yeah it's a really nice place like you have 
a nice wave. You have the reef underneath. You have the spine in front of you. So it's a really beautiful place. And there's no one. Like every time I go, it's just me and and one other person with me. So it's really Amazing. a full wave for yourself. Yeah. And do you ever look down at the reef and go, oh, there's one of my kids right there that I planted? Well, you know, the first time I went surfing there, that was quite amazing because I was on the wave and I saw like a small black tip reef shark underneath me. And that was quite amazing. I was like, wow, that's like the best wave ever, you know, with a small shark underneath. Wow. Yeah, that was was great. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So are you diving or I guess it's not, it's not too deep so that you can, when you're planting the reef, you don't have to wear dive gear. You can just kind of snorkel. and. So um, it depends. Uh, sometimes we do some free diving, uh, depending on the depth. Like yeah. if it's like five, six, seven meters, we can free dive. Uh, that's fine. But yeah. sometimes we have to maintain the frame. So there's a lot of algae that grow on the frame. Uh, so we have to remove it with gloves or like with a brush. We have to make sure they don't like, grow on the corals because it could like uh, suffocate them in a way so we have to remove the algae so when we do that usually we do it diving because it's easier it's faster and it's more uh, efficient Uh, so i do a bit of both free diving and diving depending depending on the day and what we have to do and then how do you attach the cage because there's a lot of movement in the water right there's current there's waves so how do you make sure that the little the cage with the new specimen is um, secure. So you imagine it's a coral frame. You imagine like a, either like a spider web or like a, a small pyramid um, and it's a metal yeah. frame. So basically it's heavy enough that once you put it underwater with a coral, it actually does not move. Um, it just stays wow. underwater and all you have to do is someone. Sometimes you have to lift it to make sure it doesn't get like uh, buried a bit in the sand. But once it's underwater, you don't have to move it anymore. So we don't have to do, Interesting. do anything else. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Oh, sorry. So, um, tell me a little bit about surfing at home. What's your favorite place at home to surf? Uh, you know, I don't really know. I like different places uh, depending on the day. So for the story, like I started surfing when I was younger, like 12, 13 maybe. Um, and then I actually moved to England. So I stopped surfing for a few years. Um, wow. Yeah, so I surfed for like... You didn't surf Cornwall or any of the spots in England? A few times, but not that much. I kind of stopped and, yeah. you know, I, I switched my... What I switched my activity I was doing. Uh, <laughs> and then COVID happened. So I got locked down in the southwest of France. Um, and I was waiting to come to the Maldives. So I, I had a lot of free time. And that's when I like properly started yeah. surfing uh, again in France. And and then I was like, nice. why did I why did I actually ever stop before? You know, I forgot why I stopped. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I don't have like a favorite spot, but I just... I just like to be go in the water when I have time and yeah, it's great spot. Awesome. Like Southwest of France is a great spot for surfing. The beginning of the, it's amazing. I mean, a lot, especially Americans don't really know too much about Europe, but, but I, Southwest of France has so much good surf. It's just, it's just phenomenal. And, you know, big wide open beach break with dunes and, 
you know, you can just walk down the beach and surf by yourself. And I mean, unless you go to Osgore or some, some place yeah. that's, you know, very crowded, but, um, there's plenty of surf, you know, North and South. Um, and then where you are from, there's a lot of reefs, right? There's all those reefs below Barritz, which are, um, yeah, so you have, I guess those are rock reefs. Those aren't live reefs, right? Those are rock reefs. Yeah. It's a rock reef. Um, obviously you have some like different species underneath, uh, but it's a different type of, uh, of reef. Uh, so it's just like rocks, you have a lot of marine life, you have a lot of um, different fish, different species of eels. Um, it's actually, you can have quite a lot uh, of species, but you have to go a bit deeper and further away from from the coast. Uh, where you go okay. surfing, you don't have much. Uh, yeah, but if you go a bit more south yeah. of France, then yeah, you have a bit more rocks than if you go to uh, Yebuko or places like that, where it's really like yeah. long, sandy beaches. Uh, yeah really pretty yeah it's great so you guys are you have a program where people can adopt a reef that's how i first found out about you tell us a little bit about that how can people get involved and help out so basically people online can adopt a a coral frame uh, themselves so they have to adopt the coral frame they can put a dedication on the frame and then me or my colleagues on different islands, we will build the frame for them. And then we will send them a certificate of the coral frame saying how many coral fragments they adopted, depending on the size of the frame they picked. And then we take picture of the frame every six months. So it's for the monitoring of the corals. So we take picture every six months and then we upload it on Reefscaper's website. And then people that adopted a coral frame, they can see the the corals growing on the frame uh, through this photo. So it's not just you adopt a frame and then you don't know um, what's happening to your fragment. You actually can see them grow. We put a reference number, so a tag number on the frame. So then people that adopted a frame, they can actually see that it is their own coral frame with a tag number. They can recognize the corals. And when you take the picture every six months, you can see the corals actually growing, like the shape maybe stay a bit similar, then it will just have like grown uh, in size. So it's really, it's really amazing to be able to see your corals growing from home, uh, no matter where you live in the world. Uh, that's such a great idea. So please, everyone out there, go adopt a frame um, and get some coral growing. We need it in this world. We need more reef. We need to support uh, ecology and and just the 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 rebeautification of our oceans and where where can people find out more about that on the reefscapers website yeah reefscapers website uh on the top right section we have a, a section about like sponsoring a frame so adopting cool. a coral frame or a coral fragment great we'll put that in the show notes of of the podcast so people can can find that and we'll put it in the newsletter also and um Yes, this was it was great to meet you and find out about what you're doing. It's such an such awesome work. I'm so um yeah, just my hat goes off to you for for dedicating, you know, your life to this and um making a difference. This is what we're all about at Wave Tribe and yeah, very very great to meet you. Yes, yeah, thank you very much for having me. It was great talking to you and yeah. Yeah, I hope to you can come one day and see the reef yourself. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> I, 
I would love to surf that wave with you and look at the smaller sharks underneath, not the big ones, but the smaller baby ones. ones don't worry. <laughs> yeah, the baby ones. Thank you so much. It was so great to talk. Perfect. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Saltwater High. Please take a moment and go leave us a review on your favorite podcast network. We'd really appreciate it, and it would help spread the stoke. Also, one last reminder, go to wavetribe.com for surf gear, surf travel articles, and lots of other stoke. See you guys. See you in the water. Peace out.